Well, really, this CD is probably the most different album I've ever done. It's really a reflection of me because I've wrote probably like five of the songs on it. Right. And um, I've really been influenced lately by a lot of hip hop and R&B, so that's okay. why I got the Neptunes to come in. So nice. Yeah, it's different. That was where we just we rented out the studio for like I feel like a month. Trust in my instincts. Trust that I know what's right. Welcome to The Original Doll. I'm your host, James Rodriguez. On The Original Doll, I unpackage music with the people who create it. We go behind the scenes and learn all about these amazing artists and creatives who bring the music that we love. And at the same time, we help out charity. For more information, go to the website, theoriginaldoll.com. While you're there, join my Patreon community. Big shout out to my Patreon patrons. You all rock. And as with every episode of The Original Doll, any audio recording ripping stealing is strictly prohibited in every country in the world. So if you see anything leaked, please report it to the webmaster. Don't forget to join me on Instagram, the.original.doll, and rate the show and tell your friends about it. My name is James Rodriguez. This is The Original Doll. I Iconography. Today's guest is producer Josh Schwartz, who you may know from the production team KNS. He worked with Britney Spears on My Only Wish this year, several songs for the Britney album and In the Zone, and so much more. We want to welcome him back on with the show. Today's episode is special because we have had many times where, well, as Britney fans, we've talked about which era was our favorite. Uh, everyone has a different favorite, which is great because she has so many songs. What I've realized more and more is the Britney album has come to shine, especially 2019, 2020, 2021. And I think that's because she talked during press of this how she had more control over this. She was able to add things to this. On a previous episode that I talked to Joshua Schwartz, how he talked about you know, the third album was going to be a companion piece to Crossroads, which was being produced by Britney Spears's label. So they had a lot to gain by using music from the album for the soundtrack, soundtrack, movie, everything. But today we're talking about Let Me Be, because Britney talked about it on ABC Playback from almost 20 years ago. What's great is she gives commentary to a lot of these songs. And since I've been able to talk to these actual collaborators with Britney, it's interesting because you hear the side of the story from behind the scenes. As fans, we love hearing about these because we love these songs. And oftentimes, I've seen Britney even change the way she describes a song to kind of fit more of the label's mission for the album versus the soundtrack. We know that the album, many of the songs came from the script, including today's song, let me be. Now, the thing is, what I realized in talking with many of these songwriters, there was a discussion about, does Britney want to be too vulnerable? Does she talk about her parents? Does she not talk about her parents? So we're actually going to get into that because there was a very conscious effort to not have Britney talk about her family problems, her family issues, whether she was 
upset with her mom, dad, sister, brother, anyone. This is 2000, 2001. And I also want to let you know, we have Jenny Carr, who happens to be Britney Spears' background vocalist for many of these songs, including My Only Wish This Year, Right Now Taste the Victory, Brave New Girl, Let Me Be. And so I'm going to be going into her story about how these songs came to be made. And we talk about harmonies. You get to hear exclusive content, so make sure you listen. Um, but it's really great because it truly does take a village. There are so many people that it takes to make this, to make this era, to make this album. And I will say, I feel like this album, the Britney album, was truly the first time that Britney had control over the songs. I'm not saying every song was picked because she wanted it, because of course the label still gets to pick things. But the songs that she worked on with Joshua Schwartz and his writing partner, Brian, there's a lot said in these songs. And I want people to go back and listen to those songs and think of it now from the lens of 2020-2021. So take a listen. Because many of these themes are still present today. Really, inspiration for me comes from anything. It can be like a phone conversation with your mom or just like a beautiful mm. day. But that day, I don't think I was in a good mood. <laughs> <laughs> so the song's basically about your boy. I can't experience it, you know, from a personal level. But right. it's like I was in a bad mood, so I took it out on the song, I guess. So it's just basically about a girl in a relationship and her boyfriend is just up in her grill too much. And she's like, give me space, you right. know, just let me be, you know, let me do my thing. And I always went off her mood. So they gave us a copy of the script to Crossroads. That was the way we went about making that third album. They gave us a copy of the script and they're like, look, Brittany's going to make a record that sort of is the movie soundtrack, but it's all going to be released at once. It's going to be, we're going to go number one everywhere. We're going to number one movie, number one this, number one that. And I said, okay, I see your goal. That's awesome. What do you want me to do? So they're like, can you fly out to LA? She's going to have downtime in the morning, a little bit of downtime in the afternoon. She'll, she'll go back and forth to the, uh, let me shut that off, to the studio and um, to the uh, studio. It's a place called Rusk on La Brea in LA. And um, that was where we just, we rented out the studio for like, I feel like a month. You know, we just stayed out there and kept going back and forth. And we just got together there. We had the whole room and it was a reasonable you know, everything happened in a reasonable amount of time. Like she would come in. It wasn't like these eight hour sessions. It would just be quick, you know, because a lot of the concepts for the songs were in the script. Like, let me be, I think Dan Aykroyd's character was like kind of a dad who didn't want to let go, ironically. And, um, you know, and so we wrote, let me be. And then like, I run away, I think even might've come from that script because her mom, I think it was Kim Cattrall in the movie was like sort of not, uh, I actually never saw the movie, but I was there when they were filming it. I just read the script so many times, I knew the story. I was like, okay, that's enough. Everything was kind of written from a place in the movie. Anticipating was just kind of like a fun Janet Jackson-y feel that we did that day. Hopping out for a second, because I wanted to point something out. Uh, Joshua Schwartz was creating these tracks, having Britney come in, come out, working on a few at the same time. And here's what's interesting. When Britney talked about it on playback, she's like, oh, I, I was upset. I was, you know, taking anger out on the song. Josh had talked about that before, uh, about this writing session, saying that, you know, Britney wasn't feeling it that day. And so she really kind of took it out on the song. That part, uh, both of them are talking about. Now, the next thing is Britney's like, you know, it's kind of like a relationship and a boyfriend. And because she stops herself before and she's like, um, not my experience. Uh, 
and she kind of adjusts the narrative of what it is. So what I wanted to point out was we know that these songs, specifically with Josh, came from the script. The mom character we already talked about was addressed in I Run Away. And of course, you can make it general so that it's more involving more people, so more people can, you know, feel for it. So this song started out as a, hey, dad, let me be a, a father that doesn't know how to let go. And that's why I think, and you heard me snicker a bit when Josh even said, you know, that how ironic is that? But what I wanted to point out, now think of it from this lens. Think about that the origin of the song, the way the song started out was it was going to be about a daughter seeking independence, okay? And the father kind of not, not letting her do that. A couple of the lines, and this is why it's important, I want to point this out, is Trust, trust in, my, in instincts. my instincts, trust that I know what's right. These are the reasons that keep you up at night. Don't tell me to go slow, this is my flow, cause you don't know, know what I know. Now, she also goes on to say, think that I might back down, but I won't. Think I might have doubts, but I don't. No insecurities, won't you just let me, let me be. Think you know me now, but you don't. That I can't stand on my own, ain't my philosophy. Philosophy, Won't you just let me be? Now, Brittany herself is addressing another person as, hey, you're trying to make me do what you want to make me do. Stay within this box. I'm trying to be me, be the genuine me. And I think that this shows in how the song was created about this kind of overbearing father. We know that Britney Spears talked about that this Britney era and the songs that she wrote, she really felt close to. And as recently, you know, as summer of 2021, she talked about Lonely being one of her, you know, the first time she really was proud of a song. Well, that song, which we have the episode coming up, was with Josh Schwartz during the same time. He allowed Britney to be herself, to talk about what she wanted to talk about, do what she wanted to do. So they used as some origin, some kind of beginning of a song. Okay, we're touching upon this character, that character, and then it grows from there. Now, the song starts off, the lyrics, you try to read me. You try to read me. this is important. I won't be falling. You won't have to pick me up. That is saying something like, oh, so you think that these decisions I make are going to ultimately be mistakes. No, that's not what's going to happen. And she keeps going too. I won't, you know, you think I might back down, but I won't. Now think about this in the eyes of 2008, 9 on. Think about this in a way of 
Britney Spears telling somebody, you keep putting up all these walls and these barriers and just let me do my thing because I know what feels right for me. I know what I need to do. So this whole time she's saying, let me be. And this song really has taken on a different tone because now if you think of it in her personal life, and we know and we've talked to songwriters, sometimes the subconscious is working. So sometimes later on they realize, oh, I thought I was just writing this about this thing, but in actuality, looking back, I realized my subconscious was trying to express itself. And here's the thing, Brittany is a creative person. Brittany will always be a creative person. The way that she expresses herself is through her movement, through her words. Whether the song ended up being more edited, if you will, or shifted focus for the to fit the album to be about a relationship with a boyfriend, totally fine. This is saying how the song started out, and we know some songs changed during this time, but I think it's interesting because if you go back to this, she even says, you know, you think you know me now, but you don't. Think I can't stand on my own, ain't my philosophy. Won't you just let me, let me be, no insecurities. So she's saying to somebody like, stop, stop doing your thing. I'm, I'm not this frail, fragile little person. I can do my thing and I'm fine with making my decisions. I think that now looking back, and so everyone, take a listen to that song. You get to really hear her voice in a way of just really almost like flicking somebody off. And so Brittany said she was upset that day and she needed a place to put that energy. And so she did. And so talking about I Run Away was kind of the, the origin of that was the Kim Cattrall character, you know, Lucy's mom. Then this, Let Me Be, being about this dad that won't let her be. And if for those who've seen Crossroads, you know that, that, that this song fits in with that. But I think now looking back is this song is something that she could easily do today. And it would still work. Because she says, trust my instinct, trust that I know what's right. These are the reasons that keep you up at night. And a lot of times parents say that, that at night they're so concerned. Did I, did I raise my kid to make the right decisions? So on and so forth. Uh, the part that's really sticking out is still that whole go slow, this is my my flow, because you don't know know what I know. So this is saying, you know, I'm an adult, you're a child, you don't know what you're doing. I'm older, I know more experience, and that's not it. And I think when you look at the, the five songs that Britney wrote that happened to be today's guest, Josh Schwartz, you really see he was able to tap into her, him and Brian, and really pull this out of Britney, because we can easily say Cinderella or Lucky, you know, it's the public persona looking in a global sense. But when Britney sings it, there is a lot of emotion behind it. And I go and talk to Jenny Carr, who is the background vocalist, and I'll be breaking down, anticipating with her vocals. And like I said, there's some exclusive content in, in the episode with Jenny Carr is... You listen to these voices on the song, and it's very much hitting you in the face. It's not trying to gloss over it. This is one of the most direct Britney Spears songs that ever there was. You know, she's saying, I don't have insecurities. You know, you think I'm going to fall, I'm not going to. You try to read me, you try to figure it out. And then it even says, sorry if I sound confused, I don't feel the way you do. So sometimes when you talk to somebody and they're just not getting it, you're like, how are you not understanding it? It's like, oh, 
Well, don't worry, I'm not confused. I know exactly how I feel. So I wanted to touch upon that because I think it's important. Because this song, these songs specifically during that Britney album, really, really gave us more insight into Britney Spears and what she was thinking at the time. Okay? And I also wanted to talk a little bit about Josh's other work. He worked with a lot of people, uh, including Lady Gaga. And I wanted to jump in because I think this story is interesting. We talk about how Britney Spears was signed, you know, Jeff Fenster, all these people, given a 90-day clause, trying to develop who she is. Now, I think this story is interesting about Lady Gaga and who she was signed by and what they were going for. So here was Josh working with an artist that they were still trying to develop the sound of what were ultimately Lady Gaga. So I asked him about his song, Summer Boy, that he'd co-written with Lady Gaga. And here's what he had to say. You had Summer Boy with Lady Gaga, you know, and that's, that's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how did that, cause, and we're going to jump back to, to Britney in a second, but. Yeah, sure. You're, like I said, this, this would be a shorter interview if you didn't have such a huge catalog. So this is actually your fault. That's okay. <laughs> how do, <laughs> I love Gaga. She was fun. Um, she was signed to um, Def Jam through Rob Vasari, who was also managed by our managers at the time. And then that deal fell apart with, uh, with, and she just wanted to try writing with somebody else. So they called, so our management at the time had Red One, us, Rob Vasari, and a couple of other dudes like uh, Jeremy Scholar. It's a couple of producers that had some big hits. He had a big one with like Jay Sean and stuff. So um, they had a, this is, oof, what year was this? 2006 or seven or eight? No, my, yeah, somewhere yeah. around there. So they asked us about, um, they asked us about uh, Laurent. Laurent asked us. That was the guy. Um, Laurent Bensonson. He was the manager. He was Swiss. But he told me like this. Yeah, what's up, dude? <laughs> um, and he was a trap. He was a really nice guy. And, and he, had a, he had a partner. And they managed us. And, and they were like, this girl just got dropped from Def Jam. She's amazing. She's really cool. She's doing this Debbie Harry thing. She's doing this uh, shiny toy guns meets the scissor sisters meets queen and we're like hey we're in sold us on queen let's let's meet her and we met stephanie at the time and she was just 19 or 20 and we hung out a lot wrote some songs um i didn't think anything of it i was just like yeah she should definitely be signed she's really a great singer super talented little kind of introverted um i you know i totally got it but we didn't realize that dance music duh we didn't do that like at the time we, we could have done it but that's what it ended up being I really wish we did more dance music because she kept telling us Debbie Harry and Queen so we did Summer Boy because it felt like Debbie Harry definitely no doubt yeah like like a combination of like the the cardigans meets blondie I just remember what was on our minds and what we were yeah it kind of had like a love me love me say that you love me feel to it it had that cardigans thing had that that feel of uh, 
I would say, cause she, even at the end, she was like doing her blondie impression, you know? Um, and it, it, that's what it was supposed to feel like. But then she went off to LA and started writing dance music with red and it was amazing. And they're like, Oh, you just wanted that. We could have done that. too, damn. <laughs> And then we just sort of, it just sort of exploded. And then I guess she was smart and just had him do the rest of the stuff for the second record. And, but what was cool is I, I had three, three or four songs with her. We did panty party. I'm not allowed to release them. I have them yeah. all, but I can't do anything with them. Um, I think Panty Party, which was about going to a party in your panties. It was just fun. That's so gaga. And then we had one called Heiress, which is about just being an heiress, which she is now. And then, uh, and then Summer Boy. And uh, I think that was it. I, I want to say we wrote three or four, but I just remember walking down the street with her eating ice cream. Like she was just a regular cool, you know, regular girl who played bars in her underpants. That's like, you know, it was, she was cool as hell. In the previous episodes, I talked with Joshua Schwartz about his songs, That's Where You Take Me, Anticipating, I Run Away, and we talk in in an upcoming episode about Before the Goodbye, Bring Me Home, and a few others. And what I thought was interesting is, and I know many listeners here, you know, fans of Britney or fans of other artists, sometimes you hear demos that get leaked and, and songs that get leaked and you just go, wow, this song was amazing. Why didn't it make the album? What I've learned is this, the record label ultimately, you know, decides what songs go on there. The A&R person does, the executive producer. I talked about this and I talked about this in an an upcoming episode about the Femme Fatale album is, you know, Dr. Luke was, you know, one of the heads of the ship, if you will, one of the people in charge of most of that album. So if you look at those songs and go, huh? Why was this song versus this other song? You know, hey, I really like this. If you're a liner geek like me, you could take a look and see how many of those songwriters are signed to Dr. Luke's publishing deals. This is what the politics discussion is. You know, and you look and go, oh, you know, who's this publisher? Who's the head of it? Oh, that's Dr. Luke. So then if Dr. Luke is putting songs on an album and there's many great songwriters, he's like, how do I pick? Of course, he's going to pick those that he can still make a percentage off of, even within that publishing. So that's something to keep in mind. So a lot of times people ask songwriters, why didn't this song make it? And they're like, well, I don't know, you know, politics. That's why. Just take a look. There's a certain amount of real estate, and I keep referring to it as real estate. If there's only 12 slots and you have Max Martin and Dr. Luke on there, chances are Max Martin and Dr. Luke are going to be on a majority of those songs. And then who are they going to bring over? chances are people that they have a relationship with. Right or wrong, indifferent, that part doesn't really matter, but that explains it. That it doesn't mean that other song is inferior to it at all. That's the point I want to make. So that's something to keep in mind. And a lot of times, especially more recently, record labels aren't trying to gamble. But this album, the Britney album, was interesting because if you look at the producers, it's all over the place. All over the place. From the Neptunes, BT, Josh, Max Martin, all these people are in there. Rodney Jerkins, you have this whole era of these great producers. And you just go, oh, okay, I get it. I get it. But this is something interesting out of all the songs that are on that Britney album. The songs that Britney co-wrote. Songs that she was, you know, there writing sessions for. Those were done with Josh you know, and his writing partner and producing partner, uh, Brian. 
So that's something that's interesting. Whatever the energy was between Brittany and, and these two artists, it worked. It gave us songs that Britney Spears says she's proud of in the upcoming episode of Lonely, which was recorded before, you know, uh, Sam Ashgari put the video up of Britney singing it. We talked about the importance of that song and how Britney really was able to shine in this. So take a listen to the Britney album. I feel like that was a turning point for her as an artist. And don't don't worry, people, when you talk about Slave for You, things like that, was before the goodbye, a first single, you know, was Britney, a lot of people say, quote unquote, boycotted on radio. I go into all that with experts. I go into radio people. Uh, I, I talk about producers, about, you know, what song was going to be the first single, all that thing. So don't worry. So make sure you subscribe on here. Apple Podcast is always best. Uh, the original doll slash Britney Spears with James Rodriguez and follow me on Instagram dot dot original dot doll. Now I wanted to end this part with Josh asking about, you know, how he felt about the, the real estate and the, the political side of it. And then also kind of his thoughts on, on working with Britney. Some of the songs that are on, albums i'm like what kind of deal with the devil is happening a lot of it is political believe me that was the other reason i left i was just done i was i was spent i was like i can't do this anymore i'm some writing and writing and writing and like it's like the the guy owns a piece of the publishing of this guy so of course they're gonna use that so i'm going god do you care about this record and then you realize nobody's they're cannibalizing the records anyways on itunes and it changed and you know what it was all right i had a good run 20 years i was like i want to do something else now well, I, I, I'm the weirdest guy because I never, I don't, I don't know how to put this without ruining your show, but I'm not a star fucker. I don't care. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's why you're on here. <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't care. Like if somebody's famous or yep. not famous, I just want to write a good song and go home. Yep. I'm not into partying. I'm not into hanging out with celebrities. I said, hi, I'd go to the parties if I was invited to like breaks. I love Brady. She was so sweet. And I brought my wife, you know, we were just hanging out and Dan Aykroyd sitting with me. I'm like, how did I, how does this happen? Like how, how am I? I'm like an idiot. You know, I'm like, I'm not that good. I just, I don't know how I stepped in shit with Britney. Or, I don't know how it happened. I gotta be honest, I have no clue. I'm just hanging out. Brian and I write songs and uh, my publishers were great. Our management was okay at the time. Uh, but, you know, I had a great lawyer. My lawyer was Larry Rudolph. I mean, you don't get a better guy. He's a great guy. Uh, hooked me up with a lot of great stuff. Uh, all those crews, you know, uh, Backstreet, Britney, Gaga was through my management, but you know, I mean, it was just the fact that you've you've touched upon all of these artists that were that are huge and have made an impact. Because no matter what people say about Aaron Carter and Real W, they made an impact on the scene. Because I think a lot of times yeah. people are like, "Oh, I didn't listen to that." It's like, "Yes, you did." If I went through, if iTunes existed in two thousand, I would go back through and see like. Here's your playlist of all these songs. Wow. The last thing is then for you, and thank you so much for spending time sure. here talking with the original doll. Um, for you then, what what is what do you want to tell the fans of your music who have been coming back year after year after year for all of these songs? I mean, I'm thrilled that I could make them be a part of their lives. You know, make some make something cool like that. I didn't even realize, you know, I'd just been so out of it, caught up in doing other things that I forget that, you know, I think that these things just sort of stale out and people were listening to whatever's on the radio, but I didn't realize there was such a, 
a large group of people that still listen to the older Britney cuts. That's really cool to me. I mean, it's amazing actually, when you think about it. Um, I guess I'm just sort of in my own little dad world now. I'm in like a different place in my life. Uh, so I wasn't, I'm not traveling anymore. I used to travel wherever she was, I'd go and write and come back. So now it's just, it's just really cool. I'm really appreciative. I appreciate them. You know, the fact that they, they like the music. I think that's really cool. Like I'll never forget that. That's awesome. And what's your final thing on Britney working with her? Like her. Oh, I love her. Style her, your experience. I love her. I mean, she was the sweetest. I mean, she just seemed so. I never saw her in any of the way people, when they say she's this or that, anything bad I've ever heard, I never witnessed it in the many years that I spent with her from 2000 to 2004. I'd say four years is a good solid you know, time to be with someone. <laughs> and I was around mom, I was around her sister, her brother, everybody. And they were all just really sweet people. Um, Brittany's like the kindest, quiet, she's sweet, she's smart. She's just really a nice girl. And um, just like, you know, the, just really homey feeling. Like when you're hanging out with her, you just feel like you're, you don't realize she's the biggest star on the planet earth. You know, you're in the room and she's like, I'm gonna get a Starbucks. Y'all want Starbucks? You know, like, like that's just how Brittany is. And then she'll go get it herself. I'm like Brittany, you can't walk outside and get a Starbucks. 80 people in line over there, they'll attack you, you know? Like the bodyguards are like, she doesn't, I, I, I don't even know if she realized that she's the most famous person in the world sometimes. Um, so it was amazing that she was just so grounded. And I think maybe that's maybe mom, you know, everyone was just, and then Miss Fee, she was always around Miss Fee. I don't know if you guys saw the documentary. Um, Felicia was the best. Mm -hmm. That was her assistant. And I was around her a ton. She was always hanging out. And then Big Rob and Q and all the bodyguards. It was kind of like felt like a family. And I, I could see she really leaned on everyone. And they were all just great people. Like I loved her bodyguards. They were fun because they had all these cool stories about other things. Not so much her, but like the, 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 the lengths people will go to get near her or uh or any famous person always blew my mind you know like nick carter's bodyguard um i remember aaron's bodyguard was showing me cuts all over his arm because his one mom wouldn't let him go i was trying to get to aaron i'm like damn people, oh my. i never really was in public that much i was always in the studio so i never really saw that side of fame you know i i went out a few times to dinner with like and then when you leave people are like oh can you sign this and they're like you know they're, they're usually all really cool you know never really thought about it, but it can be, I guess, ugly. I guess I can understand how it can get frustrating. You can't really leave sometimes. And have no fear. We have more with Josh. Just go through the different episode lists on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to rate us on there. That is the best way to help and support us and join me in my Patreon community, theoriginaldoll.com. My name is James Rodriguez. I'll see you on the flip side.